0: This is Resonance 104.4 FM My name's Jack Thurston and this is a special Bike Week edition of the Bike Show We're going to be here for the next hour and a half Um, going to Bike Fest in the square. Uh, Joining me in the studio is Barry Mason from Southwark Cyclist. Welcome, Barry. Good afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to be revisiting some of the uh, highlights of the last six months on the bike show. So we've got interviews on wheels with Jeremy Della. We've got a ride up Ditchling Beacon. Um, We're going to have a Tour de France preview. Um, And we've got a preview of the Dunwich Dynamo. And we've got a ride with Rosie Walford, if we've got time. Today was the uh, set-piece event in Bike Bike Week, which is Bike Fest in Trafalgar Square. And um, I went down and uh, had a look around and spoke to quite a few people down there. And I started off by checking out the um, breakdancing demonstration. So we're at Bike Fest. We've just seen the best breakdancing in
1: London town. Uh, why are you here? Um, we're actually on tour right now, Hip-Hop Collective, um, by way of Independence, who, are, who is our uh, production company slash management. Uh, and now uh, we just got invited to do Bike Fest in uh, 2005, and, uh, we came out and gave the people a show. Represent Puma. Representing Puma. Yeah. And Vex Clothing. And uh, it doesn't sound like you're from London. No, we're actually, four of us are from America, um, Philadelphia. Um, one one from Sweden, a female from Sweden, a uh, male from France, and another female from uh, London. And so what do you think about all this activity, about bicycles I mean, you're on bicycles. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I, I rode a bike here from uh, Papham Common to Trafalgar Square, and it was a nice little ride. Um, I love bikes. I mean, I've been, I mean, I remember when I couldn't ride a bike and I felt uh, stupid because I couldn't. <laughs> But um it's 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 good uh, it's good training, good discipline and balance, you know. And it's like and like a couple of tents here say it's it's very healthy, it's good for you. It's better than walking, not quite as hard on you as running, so and how about incorporating the use of bicycles into brake dancing? Is that like something for the twenty first century? Um, we can we can probably do it with the proper training because that's that's how anything is. You train right and you can can do it, you know. So, if we got the proper training on uh trick bikes, I we could probably do it on mountain bikes too. But so that's like BMX bikes, yeah, trick bikes, BMX bikes. Yeah, we, I'm sure we, I mean, to pick up. Breaking is difficult in its own, so I'm sure we could pick up anything else because it, we have the discipline in our heads already. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's already kind of, you know, already taking effect. It's been since the '80s. You know, the freestylers, they do all those tricks. That's to us, that's breaking on bikes. You know, all those spins, wrapping the bikes around. You know, all that balance. That's that's breaking on bikes.
0: And do you know is any difference in bicycling in the UK compared to uh, in America?
1: Uh not really. Yeah. Y'all protected a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. wear pads. Anymore. Yeah, y'all y'all actually ride in the street. We we kind of ride on the sidewalk. <laughs> where we feel like riding. Yeah, where we feel like riding. <laughs> Um And uh, as far as the BMX, um, I don't see it as much. Um, since we're from Philadelphia, there's a park in Philadelphia called Love Park, and a lot of bicycles go there. There's a lot of skate parks and bike parks. I don't I don't I don't know how where the, exactly where the spots are out here, but. I would like to see the BMX competitions also. And so where else are you going on your tour?
2: Uh, we're going to, um, oh my God, we're going to Ludlow, Slough, Froome. Um, going to a lot of places. I can't remember everyone, but we've been to a, kind of, a lot of places. And you enjoy yourself in London? Uh, yeah, I, stay, I live in London. Are you live in London? Yeah, I live in London since two years back. So yeah, I like so how it. did you
0: hook up with these guys from uh, Philadelphia? I
2: met them in a, in a club and uh, ever since then, I've been dancing with them. So
0: So where are the best places to uh, see breakdancing in London?
2: The best places? Well, there's a night called Thursday Night Throwdown, which is on every First month first Thursday of the month and it's in Brixton. A
0: Plan B. Yeah,
2: Plan B. It's a wicked place. It's my friends that are organizing it and it's really, really good. As well as Funky P with DJ Hooch. He's organizing every Saturday in Angel. So it's lots of places where there's a lot of B boys. And Sue Bar on Wednesdays, a lot of B boys. So there's lots of places we can see good breaking.
0: And is there any good any crossover between braking and cycling?
2: Um well, now, today, yeah, this is yeah. the first time, this is the first time, so it was interesting to see if it worked.
0: So what is it going to take to make biking dope?
2: Um, I don't know, I mean, keep on, keep on, you know, developing bikes, you know, these lowriders and, you know, these little BMXs, because that, those ones are kind of hot. I like those bikes. And I think a lot of young people get, you know, interested in riding when they seem like nicer bikes. really.
3: miracle, of mechanical marvels
4: will be demonstrating through a mechanical process of transfer from the cycle mechanism at the back to various apparatus here at the front. We will reveal the
5: answer to everything.
0: What, what kind of bike is this?
5: Uh, okay, it's, um a folding bike and uh, it's got six gears um, just sort of imported from China and we're just trying to promote sort of um, or providing a cheaper version compared to the folding bikes in England at the moment Um, because you know some of them retail about £600 whereas this is like a fraction of the price Um, and we're just sort of trying to test the market and try and get some sort of you know good sort of vibe around it so we've got a lot of feedback today so this is probably one of our like sort of strongest events you know we're getting tourists we're getting Londoners and everybody sort of just uh, How
0: many of the bikes have you had made? Or is this a prototype?
5: Um, No, this is actually... um, We're selling these. We sold about about a hundred of these already oh, right. and so right, just like, we're doing it through ebay and through advertising means and things like that and this will probably just give us like even more exposure
0: and so how does it managed to be a quarter of the price of uh, like a Brompton or something like that
5: um, well it's managed to do that because um, we've, cu- we've kept the cost really really low um, you know just because most things are being manufactured in China and we've got a factory in China which is um, sort of helping us do that and whilst most of the bikes in England are actually doing it in our um, Sort of getting you know bits of the frames uh, manufactured in China and Taiwan as well, so um, that's how does how it match
0: do. up in terms of quality?
5: Um, the quality is just as good, but um, the only one disadvantage is probably it doesn't fold as compact and as well engineered as compared to a, um, you know a British Brompton bicycle. But I mean, it, it's it's good for just sort of chucking it you know in the caravan or in the car, so, yeah, just to keep it safe.
0: And how light is it?
5: It's nine k uh, kg
0: and so it folds down we got one there's a folded down one over here yep. is that, that maximum it folds down that's pretty small
5: it is um, it's small and um, it's light and it comes with a bag so it's like you know a bike in a bag
0: and you've got all this origami around as well what's yeah. the what's the idea with, the, with that?
5: we're just trying to sort of get some sort of you know some interest going about you know sort of the art of folding and the art of folding in a bike as well so we're trying to sort of generate interest with like children kids and sort of like hopefully you know commuters so that you know just for remi- environmentally friendly we're trying to get you know people more involved so you can
0: take one of these bikes on a train
5: yeah you can and and then then yeah but you can't take a full um, bicycle on a train because it's not permitted on certain undergrounds or overgrounds or railways or anything so can you
0: take this on the tube
5: yep you can and on the bus as well if you fold it and put it in um, a bag
0: how long does it take to fold up
5: 20 seconds not long it's only got two main folds the handlebar and the mainframe
0: and it's got um, back six. suspension
5: rear suspension and it's got um, six gears
0: and a nice rack on the back
5: yeah, little bag rack yeah
0: brilliant um, and what's it called and how do people find out about it um, um, the, some com- more?
5: the company is called UK8 um, you can just ring us up directly and we can just sort of organise something uh, numbers 0207 734 8542. Um, we're based in London and we do offer a, sort of a delivery service as well. And you've got a website? Um, not currently. It's under construction at the moment. So um, trying to get everything sorted at the same time. Um, and
0: it's got. And, and, and what's it called? It's called the the Shima.
5: Shima bike, yeah. Alright, well look out for it. Okay, thanks.
0: Well, I'm with Rose Addis, who is the uh, chef de bike fest um how are you feeling great
3: great um slightly pre- indigestible
0: <laughs> a lot of preparation has gone into today
3: yes that is certainly the case um a lot of people have put a lot of thought and time into it but it's the idea is that it's a very fleef free-flowing sort of fluid event and that you can pick and mix take what you want um and just get a glimmer of how exciting it is to cycle in the centre of London and what, what cycling brings to the centre of the city and well, also, in a small way, what Transport for London is doing for cycling in London.
0: Well, let's take a little wander around and uh, some of your particular favourite spots on, at Bikefest.
3: What I really like is things like the... Um, the postcards the art for all we'll just go over there there's a lot of stuff here today so that uh, kids can paint their idea of cycling in London and this is one of the things about that so you've got a postcard which is, shows Trafalgar Square with bikes all over it and then you colour it in and you take it home and you, or you send it to someone and you say you wish you were, wish you were here like I was and then there's a similar lot um, with a mural across the other side, where you can paint on you and your mates and a tree and a bicycle and all that sort of thing. Um, that these are all quite new from last year. Um, we've also I'm very pleased that we've got the St John's ambulance bike teams as well as the London ambulance bike team showing off their very fancy smart bikes and also the police bike patrol teams. And then over here is St Martin's School of Art who have been sorting out bike theft and understanding they're going to start investigating the criminal mind in relation to bike theft.
6: And we're part of um, an initiative called Design Against Crime and... We're here to raise uh, awareness of the usage of uh, Sheffield stands, and Sheffield stands are the, the very common U, U-shaped uh, cycle stands. And what we're trying to do is get people to understand how their bikes could potentially be stolen um, by uh, if they're not locking their bikes up properly. So, as you can see from the bicycle, the front and the front here, um, with only the front wheel has been locked up. And a very common sight in London is. Is a chain and a front wheel left, where orphan front wheel. Yeah, where the where the wheel's been undone and, and the rest of the bike has been taken. So, just one technique that's been used, but um, I think this, that's a very sort of uh,
0: common one. And so, how are you coming at this from a design point of view? I mean, what's the connection with uh, Saint Martins?
6: Okay. okay, well, we've got a website called uh, BikeOff.org, and it's uh, what we what we're trying to do is invite people to go on there and, and leave comments. Uh, of their experiences of, of parking solutions in London and then use that evidence to uh, feed feed possible new parking solutions that we're going to design and test. Right, so how long
0: has the project been going for?
6: It's been going for about six
0: months so far. And any, any, any uh, early findings on what might work better than what we've got
6: already? Uh, so far we understand that Sheffield stands are liked by cycle users but it's, uh, there are issues because with There them. is a tremendous variety of bike security fix things and some of them seem to be really over-engineered totally over-engineered and i think the problem with at the moment is you have to carry a, a lock that's heavier than your heavier than your bike to uh to to keep it safe but um we're tackling that issue with 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 some solutions so which are the best locks uh i couldn't comment on that <laughs> type of lock do you think those uh, the d locks comb- are good or are those think... big chains that people wear around their waists i think it's a combination of locking devices i think if you were to just have two d locks um a D-lock can be broken using one particular technique, but if you have a combination, then you increase the time to, uh, to to be able to steal the bike, so therefore I think it's probably safe. And not have a very expensive bike is another good anti-theft device, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, and I think by defacing your bike, uh, you might re- reduce the resale value of the bike as well. So. Well, thanks very much.
3: No yeah, I was just thinking, while you were talking, the um, whole thing with locks and parking, that as well as putting two locks on... Um, you can actually find out better D-locks, and they are more expensive. But there's a website, salt Secure, that has gold, silver and bronze grading of locks. And really, if you don't have a gold lock, it, it, it's, it's hopeless, because it's very easy to break D-locks. Um, but uh, Soul Secure have done a lot of attack resistance um, on locks,
0: well, I've come across three people here with the most beautiful bikes. I think they're probably the most beautiful bikes at Bike Fest today. Um, tell me about your bike.
7: Um, my bike is Marcian. I just got it, and it's it's custom made, and it took half a year for them to build it. So we just it's just alive, and we are very pleased to to have it. Well, talk
0: me through it. It's a steel frame.
7: Steel frame. Um. Um. It's. Is it truck like? It's a truck bike, uh, it's fixed gear, um, <laughs> I don't
8: know. So
0: you've got one gear, but and you have to keep pedaling.
8: Yes, yes, it's fixed gear,
7: so you, you have to keep pedaling, and if you, um, co- you can't coast. And it has it got brakes? Yes, one brake. One brake on the front.
0: <laughs> and uh, you've got a beautiful red leather saddle.
7: Yes, um, that's Brooks Saddles, um, I love it, and it's nice.
0: And how comfortable is it? It's really
7: comfortable. Um, it makes it uh, a while to get used to it, but still, it's actually much softer than a um, sporty one like, that you get. You can get.
0: And uh, so what are you going to use this bike for? Cycling around town or going on long trips?
7: And yes, going for long trip. I have a town ride bike as well, which is also very nice. <laughs> so.
0: And how much do you ride every week?
7: Every day. I mean, how long?
9: Oh, yeah.
7: I don't know. Um,
0: never count. One
9: come. hour? More?
7: Per day More or? More than
0: one hour? Per day?
10: Yeah.
7: Yeah, at least one hour, I guess.
10: Yeah.
0: And this one is another Mercian.
11: Uh, It's a uh, Mercian super big old Frame, uh, made to my specification, so it's yeah custom made.
0: And what did you? Uh, how did you design the specification? What was important to you?
11: Uh, it just basically, uh, I just wanted a bike that fits me perfectly. So I yeah we went. So they measured your body. Yeah, and yeah they put us on the jig and then they measured and. Uh, yeah, and then I specify the colour combinations and the, yeah, this rubber thing. And, <laughs>
0: and you ride it every day?
11: Uh, I ride uh, another bike most of the time. This is my good weather bike. <laughs> I sometimes ride to like, Richmond, and Richmond Park or, yeah, uh, towards north. To like and stuff.
0: And it's a real retro kind of styling, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the real 50s, 60s era.
11: Yeah, it's like, uh, actually more like the uh, yeah, 70s, I think. The, all the parts are from 60s and 70s, most of the parts, except uh, tyres and rims are more modern. But yeah.
0: And so, how, if someone wanted to buy a bike like this, what kind of price does they have to pay? Because it's really is a very beautiful bike.
11: Uh, I don't know, around a thousand pound.
0: But it's a bike for life. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot cheaper than a car.
11: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it costs probably as much as one year insurance and fewer costs So yeah, it's a good investment. <laughs>
0: Well, those were some of the people and sounds down at Bike Fest in the square yesterday. Barry, you saw those two Mercian bikes, didn't you? I did. I did. They were beautiful bikes.
12: They were so skinny. There's nothing to them. They were fabulous little things. I
0: mean, they're, they're a track bike, yeah. which is a bike that originated from racing on at velodromes, but it's more and more popular on on the streets in cities, isn't it? Yeah, I think the first ones appeared about five or ten years ago in
12: London. Um, Couriers, the couriers started it. The couriers start a lot of these trends. Um, And more and more people are riding them. They're just so skinny, so simple, nothing can go wrong. And I think they look very stylish too.
0: And do you ride a a fixed gear bike at all?
12: No, I don't, but I'm really tempted to start.
0: (laughs) I do ride one when
12: I go on the track, so I I know how to
0: ride the things. the The place to ride them really is down on the track and um and london's one of london's well london's only track is down at Hearn hill and it's closed we had a little feature on it um a few weeks ago uh, can you tell us what the latest situation is down there
12: Yeah, lots of false starts, and it's closed all summer, and that's a real pain. Um, It's a huge track. It's the last vestige of the um, 1948 Olympics, I guess, and before that, um, built in about 1900. A lot of people in south-east London use it, and people come from all over the place to use it. Um, It's a long, complicated story. I won't bore you with it, but Southwark Council had a lease from Dulwich Estates, and the lease expired 31st of March, and ever since then... Dullage Estates have locked us out. They've locked site council out. They've locked bike, bikers out. Um, a lot of people have got their, bike track, their bikes in there in containers, and they can't get their bikes anymore. Um, Dullage Estates sort of put a glimmer of light out. They appointed a contractor to run the place recently. Um, none of us know who that contractor is yet, but there's been some high-level negotiations with Val Shawcross and the GLA and Graham okay, Geddes. You can't
0: give us a uh, inside uh, view on what's happening in those negotiations with the GLA.
12: There's two different versions. One is that Dally Estates really do want it to reopen as a bike track because the local residents won't put up with the Sainsburys, etc., etc. So it's quite a good use of that lovely piece of land, and there's some good green space around it too. Um, the other version is that Dullage Estates are playing very hardball indeed and just stalling for time, um, so that support would just wither away. Um, they've appointed, they've almost certainly, definitely um, appointed somebody like Cannons to run the place, the, the gym people, um, and a very, very, very expensive gym would go down very well in that part of London, I am sure. Um, but that would probably exclude the bike. And that would be a real, real shame.
0: That, so the 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 Velodrome really is at risk, you think?
12: yes it is yes it is um and meanwhile the infrastructure which wasn't too good anyway the showers and the loos and the cafe and the bar and all that um are in sore need of replacement but the water's getting in the pigeons are getting in so the place is slowly rotting the track surface is good that doesn't need much maintenance until we start using it again just needs good clean um but all the outbuildings are decaying fast um and it's a real shame to see it withering away a lot of us are doing a lot of work join the join the friends of hernhill velodrome for updates um you'll find it on the web easily hernhill velodrome
0: so that's the place to go down to a velodrome what are the other velodromes in, in the UK there's one up at Manchester, isn't there? Is that an outdoor one?
12: No, there's a big, big, big um, very well run, very expensive velodrome in Manchester which is Olympic standard um, and that's very tight. The, the, it's about 120 metres long I think, with very, very tight curves and you have to be almost semi-pro to use it, um, although a lot of the amateurs up there are semi-pro. The good thing about Hen Hill Velodrome is it's about 400 metres long and it's outdoors um, and even kids can use it because the bends aren't very tight bends you've got very tight banking and you know it takes a couple of goes before you're used to getting up on the banking. Um, but it's a really excellent start of Velodrome. And of course, you know, it's a, it's a trainer for the Olympics too, but um, they're building a new one for the Olympics up in the Lee Valley somewhere.
0: Yeah, well this might be one of those issues where uh, the Olympics is actually causing a problem for other parts of London who get funding taken away from them because it's going to be up in the East End. Do you think that's? Do you think there's, there's that kind of dynamic going on? Oh, absolutely. I think it's
12: causing planning blight for all sorts of sports facilities over the rest of London. I think funds are being sucked into that area and presumably they're There are huge contingencies up there as well about overspends and that sort of thing. So um, although at first you think, well, you know, the Olympics will be good for the Rome, I'm I'm sorry to doubt that now.
0: Well, this goes out, this is a piece of music that goes out to all um, fixed wheel bike riders and particularly those from Japan. Besides beautiful fixed wheel uh, Mercian bikes uh, harking back to the 1970s, was there anything else that caught your eye at Bike Fest yesterday? Oh,
12: um, I don't want to be unkind about Bike Fest. Um, I met an awful lot of people I knew. Um, there's a lot of London bike culture there. Um, those three, those well, those two of them, but the, those two fixed wheel bikes were perhaps the best thing I saw. Um, there's a lot of stands. There's a very cheap folding bike um, that we were talking about earlier, made in China, 160 pounds. I'd like to try that. Um, as we were saying, they're, they're good but I don't know how long they'll last. Um, I found the problem with Bike Fest um, really was, it felt very municipal, lots of little tents, lots of leaflets, um, lots of organisations that I didn't really realise were associated with cycling. Um, there was wonderful LCC there, of course, there was CTC, there was Sustrans, There's all the usual suspects and they were doing their good stuff, but I just thought it looked a bit mean, a bit poor and a bit tawdry. Um, lots of people queuing for Dr Bike, which is good, and I wonder whether that made people think biking, cycling was too complicated to even and try um, there wasn't enough about getting people on bikes
0: there was that really good um corner but um, it was a bit hidden away yeah where you could go and try yeah. out lots of different bikes because i remember last year that was right at the front and that was a really was, fun thing to do and yeah. but they only had one recumbent for an adult because i think everybody wants to go along and try out a recumbent it was they? the, the, the tryout holding, the tryout zone was
12: much better last year they used the area between trafalgar square and the national gallery that's of course now closed off to traffic what a, what, a, what a great thing that was um, and they used the whole space last year much more and it was much more open, much more democratic and it was, it was run by Bike Fix in Lamb's Conduit Street and they know, they know their events um, this, this time it was run by the company of cyclists who are just as good but they're quite different, much more form filling, everyone had to wear helmets, it all made it seem much more of a big deal, um, whereas last year it was a much more relaxed, fun trial and much more visible, um, you know I miss I didn't see the opera which everyone says is good, I saw some break dancing, I saw lots of other events um, I really missed the half pipe from last year and the stunt bikes um because that added another dimension to cycling and that encouraged kids to get on there. Um, and but I, I wonder what was achieved yesterday. It probably cost about at least a hundred thousand pounds like last year did. Um, and spending that money around London a bit more thinly I think would have had more effort. Well that's uh, good more to effect. have it's
0: good to have a flagship good. event, isn't it? Yes, or it do you is. think everybody, all the pictures in the newspapers was, was of the uh, Naked Bike Ride on Saturday?
12: Oh, the Naked Bike Ride, that scooped up a lot of publicity, and good for them. I mean, they deserve it, they deserve it. Um,
0: well, they came on the show a couple of months ago. And I thing wasn't that able was. to get along because it was a bit cold and I was feeling really rather grim on Saturday. So, Had I not had I not been leading a ride myself that day, I'd have probably been there. Okay, whatever excuse, we weren't Any there. Any excuse. Okay, next year. Um, well, I'm going to go back in time a little bit to an interview I did in. Um, January with Jeremy Deller, who really caused a big uh, uh, flowering of publicity about cycling um, when he won the Turner Prize at the end of um, last year because he dedicated his victory to um, everyone who cycles in London because one of the works that he, he, uh, he had in his, his, his Turner Prize um, show was a commemoration of a bicyclist who died on the Essex Road and um, this is the interview uh, that I did with him um, a few
13: months ago. Well, I think I've I've cycled now in London for about 10, 12 years. And I don't think I could go back to not cycling. And I just think it's just the freedom that it gives me just to get out and about. That's the thing that really excites me about being a cyclist. It's it's all the obvious stuff, really. Not having to get onto buses. That's one thing I really hate is queuing for buses and things like that. And it's just knowing that you can be somewhere in 10 minutes rather than not knowing how long it's going to take. It's just more in control of your life. And is there something about going under your own steam? Yes, the health thing, I think. as The older I get, the more I appreciate that, I have to say, and getting a good sweat up. (laughs) And how about the actual
0: kind of visceral experience of, of being on the bike, on the road, in the
13: world? I think there's two things. I mean, to be honest, I think it really sharpens your senses. I think I've got almost a sixth sense now about what it's like to be on the road. Especially, I, I drive as well, I, I'm not sort of a, an obsessive cycler, but when I drive, I feel like I, I kind of know a bit more about how to handle the road because of how I've cycled. Um, but I do love the sometimes the, just the, 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 that element, that visceral element that you say, just like racing around. And um, Tell me about the work that you did um, relating to the death of James Foster. Well, that was a piece that I made because a, f- a friend of mine had been killed two or three years ago or someone I knew—I should say an acquaintance, really—and uh, I was doing a piece of work for the Tate for the Turner Prize of memorials to people around the country or to events, things that had happened. Not just people who had been killed, but things, important events, as well as deaths. And I really wanted to do something for cyclists because of—I'm um, a cyclist—and it seemed natural for me to commemorate that. And also because of what it's like to cycle in London, you know, the everyday dangers that you face. And then the fact that it, it was, it's something that happens every day, and these people are usually anonymous. They're not well known. They're not, you know, for the other, some of the other things that I did memorials to, are people who are quite well known or events that are quite well known, but cyclists, you know, you'll get killed, and no one knows, apart from when flowers are put up, and then they after a year they stop being put up, that's it. It's kind of neutralized that space. So there's no reminder about something that had happened. So I was very, I really wanted to do something to a, a cyclist who had been killed in London fairly recently. My friend, or like I said, the acquaintance I knew, I, I asked her family, and they weren't... They were a little uneasy about it, so I, I approached James's family. And so I, I I just went about trying to work out what was suitable, really. And I know there's a, there's a plaque for him outside the shop where he used to work. So I didn't want to do something with words on, because that was all, he was already commemorated. So I just had these black... Silhouettes of bicycles made, and they, that was just put up on a lamppost nearby. So, very simple, really. I mean, in some terms, I see it's similar to the Tomb of the Unknown Sh- Soldier, it's so slightly anonymous in that respect. So, it's the Unknown Cyclist.
0: And is it still there?
13: I don't know. We could go and see. Yeah, well, we could go and go and see because it was there about two months ago. What we'll do is we'll go down, we'll do a right here, and then we'll go down Upper Street. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds good. Okay. What's this? There? Highbury Fields.
0: Highbury Fields.
13: These are very posh houses. I think Dido lives in one of them. One of Do you, you think
0: she has a bike? I doubt it. you think it would spoil her hair?
13: She'd have, well... Yeah. So she's <laughs> the kind of woman
0: who takes care of her, uh, her quiff.
13: Yes. Sort of expensively. But uh, no, I, don't, I doubt if she does. But strangely enough, I live on the Holloway Road. But around the corner from me is a very nice street. And uh, Boris Johnson lives there. And I see him on his bike a lot. Yeah, I've seen him on a bike. The last time I saw him on the bike, he was on the mobile phone. And he was on the... He was sort of going with his foot on the pavement to propel himself. Because he was on the mobile phone having He was kind a... of hoofing along. Yeah, basically. And I looked at him and I then just laughed out loud. So I just thought, who is this oaf on the bike? I realise
0: it's he... the editor of The Spectator and the Conservative Member of Parliament for Henley.
13: Yes. And then he... He saw me, made eye contact, and I think he sort of knows who I am, because, because I see him, like, once a week, just wandering down the street or jogging, and we had a little race. It's one of those unspoken things. It's actually probably a, a, a kind of a macho little race. I thought he, I think he wanted to show me that, he, you know, he can cycle quickly when he is on the mobile. But I think it must be illegal to be on a mobile phone now on a bike.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably slightly more illegal than conducting an interview while it's going along. illegal
13: to be... To, yeah... <laughs> so this is a roundabout actually. oh it's this yeah. hybrid corner yes, yes. Mass I went on was prob- or saw. I didn't go on it. it. Just blew me away. It- this cabbie got out and tried to like thump someone. Or it might have just been a, a motorist. I can't remember now. But um, it was incredible because all the cyclists just surrounded him and picked their bikes up and just brandished them, like holding them up above their heads. Going it, gets, right here. it gets a bit. Le- it can get a bit.
0: Larry, it's like you feel like a lot of people have spent, feel like they spend their whole lives as the victim yeah. and suddenly they can victimise somebody else and they take great pleasure in
13: doing it. No, and they, and they do, but it's, a, it's amazing just holding your bike above your head. <laughs> just I just thought, wow, that's such a strong image. That's an amazing image. I couldn't do it with my bike. It's so heavy. It'd be really pathetic if I tried to do that. But uh, I was impressed, I have to say, because I think as cyclists, you're incredibly vulnerable as one. But when there's a hundred of you... It's just a totally different world. And,
0: and the, the, the street sounds just go so, so
13: quiet, it's, don't it's, they? It's amazing. But it, but it, is, I mean, it is quite amazing. That ha- that's all it takes to have no sound in a, in a street. It takes like 100 yards or so of cyclists. I mean, there's nothing around, you know, that's cushions you. It's real traffic chance. calming. Yeah, it's incredible. And it is very zen once you start. When, when, whenever I've gone on those things, to be, initially I get quite nervous that something's going to happen. And we're all going to get arrested. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of person that does it I kind of worry. It's still up. I can see it from here. But um, once you get into it, it's just so calming. It's fantastic. So if we
0: get, can you see it? Right. Yes, on the lamp post. Yeah. Here. Okay. Well, that's pretty high up, isn't
13: it? That's yes. good. No, we had to put it high up. That's why I had Steve. Steve Allen, who's a friend of uh, James's, did that. He's a big lad a
0: set of steps along, did it? Right. Oh, yeah. All right. So yeah, it's a it's a sort of chunky silhouette of a bicycle, about sorry, about ten inches by yeah, six inches. Yeah, about that. And uh, black plastic, black but plastic, it's... and up on the. Uh, Held on with a couple of jubilee clips, the yes. cyclist's friends exactly. for exactly. emergency repairs. Yes.
13: It was very simply done and really very quickly done, put up there. and uh, well, I'm glad it's still there. I'm amazed, really.
0: Well, that was Jeremy Della, and this is The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, Barry Mason, um, you're head of Southern Cy- Southwark Cyclists. You did a lot of work with um, Jeremy on his uh, Turner Prize um, show, didn't you?
12: That's right, yeah. We got um, an email from Jeremy um, just into the info at Celtic Cyclist um, email site, or oh, must have been about end of last August, I should think, saying would, be, it, would we be interested in helping him with his show at the, at the Tate? And we just bounced straight back and said, of course, um, just jumped in, not knowing what on earth it was about. And what did you do? Um, about we asked for volunteers, and about, I think, a dozen of us um, took turns. Matt um, staffing, um, like a big information table in the middle of the gallery, and we covered it in rough guides and maps and Southwark cyclist leaflets and our new little flash business cards. Um, and I think we put about 100 person days into it um, in, in all. Um, so we staffed it most Saturdays and Sundays for probably six or seven weeks running um last autumn and it was great i mean we just stood there in the tate we worked with the tate curators they they didn't interfere at all unless we took up too much of the table and i mean that
0: was part of the idea of his show wasn't yeah, it? it was to have people who are involved yeah, in yeah. things talking about the things that they're involved in that they care about and the, depending on whether it was a uh, you know mine work or former mine workers or or, or cyclists or um, other kinds of people that he was, was, he was we, doing work about? We, we met the Quakers
12: um, we, we didn't meet the miner because he only came down once or twice and that was during the week because he couldn't do weekends um, and we met the bat people as well because mm. part of the thing was this wonderful video of th- millions of bats streaming out of this cave in Texas um, so it's a really eclectic bunch of people um, and, and the, the visits to the tape were great because um, we probably spoke to hundreds of people, well we know we did because we counted the leaflets we gave out, we spoke to hundreds of sing- people every single day and a lot of interest and he won the prize,
0: which was fantastic, because yeah, we helped him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the work is continuing, isn't it? You were telling me about um, some new, a new T-shirt that's coming out that you're producing.
12: Yeah, by way of a favour, um, we said to him, look, you know, we, didn't, we didn't get any money for this, obviously, and he didn't want to pay us, et cetera, et cetera. We just did it because it was fun, and it was useful, and it pushed the course forward, and everyone had a blast doing it. Um, and we said, do you mind designing a T-shirt? And he said, yeah, I'm not a graphic artist, but he's now produced a T-shirt, and we launch it on Wednesday morning at The Globe
0: and so it's got that image of the uh, person brandishing a bicycle above their head
12: yeah it's dead simple it's a scarlet like, it? he was talking about um, exactly. On our ride. exactly it's got a sort of pictogram one of those modern almost sort of um, loose signs a male female loose sign um brandishing a bike above their head very sort of critical mass um, very sort of um, power to the cyclist image dead simple image um, with his signature on the side and some other stuff. Just and, a beautiful... And, and when are you going to be t-shirt. launching it? On Wednesday morning at the Globe.
0: And that's open to everyone to come along?
12: Yeah, Globe Theatre, Bankside. We're doing our Bike Week breakfast there from... Um, the door's open at 7 when we've got to kick everyone out at 9 because they're filming something. And the Globe are laying on breakfast, which we have to pay for. And there's Dr Bike there and there's some speeches, um, inevitably. But it'll be a fantastic gathering. And at 820 um we, we meet on the terraces of the theater within inside what they call the Groundling Gates on Bankside. And then at 820 they throw the doors open and we'll all stream in with. Our bikes into that auditorium, the famous auditorium at the Globe, um, and that'll for, for a photo opportunity, and that'll be unique. You know, I've, I'm hoping there'll be three or four hundred cyclists there with their bikes in
0: the Globe, and that'll be a really lovely picture. Well, Jeremy Deller's um, exhibition on folk art is on at the Barbican. It's free, um, and I think it's on for another at least a month or so, isn't it? It's on for another six
12: weeks or two months. It's in the Curve Gallery, which is free, and I, I do recommend it. It's full of really quirky stuff.
0: could be something out of a Jeremy Della um, piece of work but in fact it's the soundtrack (laughs) to Claude Lelouch's film Paul Romeo Jaune and although this is a bike week special edition of the bike show it would be absolutely wrong to be having a show at this time of year without uh, having a look at the greatest bike event on the planet which is of course the Tour de France a pretty historic Tour de France because it's said to be Lance Armstrong's final race and he's going for his seventh consecutive win to, which would really put him up you know, above everybody else in terms of the history of the Tour. Do you think he's going to get it, Barry? Yes, I do. I'm sure he will. Is if just, there's any certainty about these things. He's just put in so much disciplined training um, and, and he's just so focused on it and he's got such a great team, hasn't he? Yeah. Yep. I mean, the... The, I think there are some new, I mean it's not the US Postal Service team anymore, it's, the, it's called the Discovery Channel and they've got some new riders in, um, but I think that the way that the team works is just about Lance um, and uh, and so I think everybody, anybody else who's going to have a go at, um, at, at taking him on is, is going to really have their work cut out. But um, the racing and watching the race is only really one of the aspects of the Tour de France. There's all the sound, there's the colour, there's, there's the caravan publicitaire, there's being out in France, there's experiencing the French things. I mean, Barry, you've been out to, to watch it, haven't you? Yeah, and I stumbled to a second because I couldn't remember what his new team was called.
12: But I, we out, I went out to see the three Alpine stages. Coincidentally, he won all three, first man ever to do that. Um, and I just, I'll never forget seeing US Postal. Uh, we were up on some mountain somewhere... Um, and we, the whole thing, there's this huge sort of hours and hours build up. And we cycled up to the top, which is great because there's this huge gridlock of vehicles and you just get your bike out and cycle up to wherever you want. That's fantastic. And then the build, the build, the build, and then the caravan comes through and all the noise. And then US Postal, all six of them in their blue immaculate uniforms, I think that's the word actually, because it is very military, all came zooming around. And I've never been close to such power in my life. And you just think this team is, it's so dominant. It was, it was amazing. You just felt that power.
14: Au tour the Finlande. Le
7: position
0: Simon The year before last, I went out to watch the Alpe d'Huez. Um, hill stage, and and last year they they actually ran the time trial up the outdoors, and there were said to be a million people on the side of what was it twenty one kilometres or yep. twenty one hairpins? I can't remember. I mean, it's an amazing spectacle. Why do you think the French get so into it, and why can't that sort of passion for cycling happen over here? Or do you think it will happen over here if we get the tour in two thousand seven?
12: I think we certainly will get the tour. We'll talk about it later. I'm, I'm sure we'll get the tour. Um, there's that that pens the olympic decision because there's politics involved um the french i think it's cycling is much more i hate to say it male based it's much more village based um, it's what a lot of blokes many more blokes um Leave their families and go. And they put on all the gear, put on the little village uniforms, and all go out cycling on so a it's Saturday. So the French
0: equivalent of fishing is
12: it? Is it a French equivalent of fishing, or going to Sainsbury's or Tesco's or shopping? Or so be I think. In queue. Yeah. Once we can get stop away people, from the wine. Once people. Once we can get people away from the shopping thing, um, and and sort of go continental, actually do something useful on Saturdays, then I think cycling will take off in this country. Um, but there's a huge amount of work to do. Um, the, the the French cycling is very different. The Dutch cycling is different. The German cycling is so so different to the American cycling, which is just full on what you don't do when you're in the gym um, English cycling is different
0: but I think I think we'll get there sooner or later
12: but it, there's a very different cultural basis for all those things but
0: there's a lot of passion I mean any kind of tour or tour de Britain or, or, or tour de France stages coming to Britain would be immensely well received I think as long as we could get the technical organisation side of it I think the people will be out on the streets. I think what I worry about from last year's Tour of Britain was was the kind of traffic chaos when they ran the race through the middle of Manchester and they didn't stop the traffic. And so there were kind of lorries pulling out into, into the path of, uh, of the peloton. It was madness. That's just a no-no. But I'm sure that when the Tour de France
12: comes, it's, I think it's a when, not an if. Um, that the spectators will be out there, and I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, I think there's 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 a stage from London to Canterbury mooted. Um, you'll get a million spectators on that quite easily, quite easily. But they've got to sort the traffic out. You cannot mix, even if there's coned off contraflows, you've got to close the roads, there's no there's no ifs, there's no buts and the Tour de France probably won't, that'll be one of their conditions, you've got to close the roads and people accept that and you will get a million out, I'm positive.
0: Well if they come to um, uh, southern England, I'm really hoping that they'll put Ditchling Beacon um, on the route because that is one of the great icons of, of cycling because so many people have done the london to brighton it's been the, it's the biggest charity ride um it's been going for i don't know how many years 20 30 years
12: probably 30 i'm not um, sure
0: um and and it is a great hill lots of people have done it and to see you know the great riders of the world going up it would be fantastic and um on christmas day in fact last year i rode up Ditchling beacon on a little uh, 20 30 mile tour with um a cyclist uh, writer and filmmaker nicky hamlin well, we're here on the Sussex equivalent of the Alpe d'Huez. Low gears engaged. See, Nicky's not. Nicky's on a double chain ring, so he's got no granny wheel to winch him up at, at the end.
4: Actually, several years now. So, but I've been riding up hills. Honestly, a bit. Hopefully, I'll be okay.
0: Well, they say the reason that one of the reasons that Lance Armstrong is so invincible is that he studies the climbs absolutely meticulously in the off-season, so he knows every bend, every change in gradient, every time he's going to change his gear, and he's got that mental edge on the people who don't know the road so well. I think uh, to actually make a thing
4: of going out and doing it, I mean, what riders often do is if there's a time trial stage up a hill, and they get there the day before, they'll ride up it on that day to get some idea of what they're in for, but Lance Armstrong's taken it a lot further than that. Made it into a science, really, but... I think... he's kind of cold-blooded, focusing on the Tour de France. There's... It's... In a way, it's a shame, because it doesn't have the romance of the... uh, and the unexpectedness of previous years, where suddenly someone will just shine in the mountains, or uh, take the odd stage like Robert Miller used to do, just, just kind of really come into their own on the mountains. Or, or Sean Kelly, who uh, used to ride, instead of planning his whole season around the Tour de France, he'd ride a lot of classic races in, in the spring as well. So he was considered to be more of a, more of a sportsman in a way.
0: Let this car pass.
4: He was a great all-rounder. He was a big heavy guy who was, started off as a sprinter and uh, realised that he wasn't going to get anywhere. If he wanted to really do well in the Tour de France, he'd have to become an all-rounder. So, he changed his, t- his training schedule and... Yeah, and uh, came all round. Well,
0: we're experiencing a lot of traffic here.
4: Yeah, much more than I expected.
0: This is Resonance FM, it's the bike show, coming to you from Ditchling Beacon in uh, East Sussex, one of the great climbs of uh, cycling in the south of England. Alright, so we can the view's starting to open up a bit. I'm sensing only a couple more turns We've got some sky now, we're out of the woods (laughs) Sunshine. Beautiful. Drive. Uh, uh, a lot of cars up here. the golden ruler himself, Nicky oh, yeah. Hamlin. That was How's very that? hard, very hard.
4: First time I've ridden up there for several years actually. I thought I was fit. Uh, I've done a lot of riding over the summer, but uh, it's very difficult. It's always hard, I suppose it's as hard as you make it really. When you see the, the horse warning sign, you know you're near the top. Your heart lifts. <laughs> Oh it's worth it for the view eh? The view is fantastic and as you can see there are a lot of walkers out here. I mean the view really makes it wonderful, a wonderful walk too. You can walk back to Toulouse from here in about an hour. So it's a lovely walk. Uh, but I don't think I'll be doing any more climbs up here today anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but after that. <sighs> yeah.
0: Well, Barry, you've done uh, Ditchling Beacon. Where else do you like to ride around the southeast, I and mean, if you're trying to get out of London? I mean, there's Richmond Park to begin with. There's Richmond Park, yeah, which, which is, is the start of the which tent. is which is
12: fine. That's the start for ten, and a lot of people just go there Saturday mornings. Um, and there's always always a good bunch of cyclists going around, both on the roads and on the dirt track, which is great for families. Um, I prefer to get out though a bit. Um, I love the canals. I love the Lee Valley. Um, we do lots of canal rides um, and often f- it's surprisingly easy from, say, Southwark and then on to Greenwich and then out of London east um, into Kent. I uh, think, into east, Great I think Kent and that is way. the best yeah. area roundabout. If you take the train
0: about an hour out yeah. to sort of head corner Robert's Bridge or around there. It's yeah, a really good ride. Yeah,
12: and we did a, We did a lovely ride the other day. We met some some of us cycled to Gravesend, and we met people off the training Gravesend, and, and rode around the Hoop and in the and Isle of Grain. And you've really got the Thames Marshes down there. And lots of birds, lots of open skies, very little traffic, really nice pubs. Um, and it's not sort of it's not sort of pubs that get dominated by families at weekend when everyone piles out into Sussex and fills the pubs up. Um, this is real Kent and Essex countryside, and it's lovely. And I love the rivers and the skies. Um, going out west along the Thames is lovely going north up the Lee Valley is fantastic going south down the Wandle, you can go all different ways, Um, Greenwich is a great place for example to start rides from because you can go all four four different ways but increasingly I get tempted east Um, east I I love Kent and I love the coast out there. And there's
0: some hills down there. And there's sure. some
12: hills down there too. Um, all the flatlands of Suffolk, which is fantastic. But I mustn't forget Sussex, because we do a lot of rides during the year. Um, not the big London to Brighton, because I think that's got too crowded for me. Um, but it's still a good sort of entry-level ride, as it were, for distances. Um, but just to get down to Kent and Sussex as well is great. Um, and still use the trains. Check with the train companies, but don't believe all the propaganda. Um, all the, the, the trains have really messed cyclists about for the last few years, but you can still get your bike on most trains. It's worth trying. If you have to pay a pound two for the fare then I wouldn't bother but do try and get your bike on the train and it's not as difficult as it sounds it's much much easier
0: and you've got a ride this week as part of um, the Southwark Cyclists Bike Week events Taking, taking we've got
12: 15 rides this week you've
0: got a ride particularly going out out of town you've got a lot of town rides but you've got a ride that's that's, um, going out on Wednesday night isn't it Wednesday night is a big
12: one it's led by a woman called Karen who's a really excellent cyclist and it's going into the South Downs Um, it's a big big 45 miler and that's most of our events in Bike Week are sort of really accessible uh, they're aimed to draw people into cycling um, this one's for, for those of us who just want to blast Wednesday night and to get away from all the family cycling for a bit um, it's the only ride this week where we there'll be no mercy we won't wait for anybody so you're on your own and what, if you're not fancying that what other rides are there that, that, that you'd recommend Oh, there's, there's, there's loads. I mean, tonight we're going to Putney and back. Um, tomorrow night we're doing the Sussex, Sussex, the Southwark border. Wednesday night, if you don't want to do Karen's Monster, there's the antidote to that along the canals. Um, for, for Saturday I'm doing my Locks Docks ride, which is a big tour around Auckland. Um, Wednesday, don't forget the Globe Breakfast. And then don't forget Midsummer Madness, which is outside Bike Week, but it's the one that I'm really looking forward to.
0: And how can people find out about all these rides? Because there's the Bike Week website, and so all your events and all the other events are listed on that, there? There's hundreds of events. I mean, I mean, the good thing about London at the moment
12: is, as someone said to me on Saturday, um, if you do a quick web search, there are rides every day. Loads of groups doing loads of rides. I'm plugging Southwark Cyclists because, you know, that's what I am, obviously. Um, but southwarkcyclists.org.uk um, lists not only the 15 events we're doing in Bike Week, but lists two or three rides a week that we do all year round. You know, even on twenty five twelve we ride, so that's great.
0: Well, let's get back to um, Bike Fest in the square and some of the uh, people who were there yesterday.
9: Ah, oh, it's a great event. I mean, it's good to see everyone getting on their bikes and people trying to promote bikes. And I'm quite impressed by how many young people have been here today. We've got the opera going on here. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is pretty surreal. It's quite funny and some great singing going on and nice little uh, formations of bike riding. And i got one of my riders, Keith, he's actually playing a little part as well as the cycling paramedic. All right. <laughs> Are you due on stage in a minute, Keith? Keith.
0: You got a vote for a chat?
9: Oh yeah, he's, 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 he's in the he's just waiting, waiting to uh, pop in and do his backstage. bit Backstage? Yeah, backstage.
8: <laughs>
9: so how many um, bike paramedics do you have in London now? We've got 14 bikes and we've got about 16 riders. So that involves West End of London, uh, any sort of big event to happen and also Heathrow Airport.
0: And uh, what's the advantage of being uh, uh, being on a bike compared to being in, a, an, in an ambulance? In, in a
9: small area, um, we can get there quite quickly. Um, as well as getting there quickly like Sean's working on the operational bike at the moment he's managed to cancel like three ambulances on the trot which means he's able to deal with those patients on their own and then cancel the ambulance crew here's my rider he's off so he's going on to the stage yeah. oh, he's attending a mock accident <laughs> So, what he'll do now is, as a little reenactment, he'll attend the patient and deal with the patient on his own with that Connor frontline vehicle as in an ambulance. So, what kind of kit are they carrying in the back there? Um, he's got a defibrillator, oxygen, some pain relieving gas, and bandages and dressings, and uh, a certain level of drugs to actually uh, administer to different sort of clinical conditions. Hopefully this patient will walk away, and cheers, after a little bit. She looks like a drip there, or some oxygen. It's a little bit of oxygen, and uh, I think they might have a little bit of a collision here with some other people, but yeah, and they're away. She's got some oxygen on and she'll be fine. (laughs) Fantastic, well I'll let you get back to the opera. Okay, thanks so much.
0: about eight people cycling around a small ring, all wearing uh, what looked like Norse hats with horns on, cycling around and around. One of them is brandishing a sword. The others have got shields, axes. Uh, we're told that this is the grand finale. looking fella has just climbed aboard a uh, bicycle taxi, there's a little bit of congestion on the stage, there's too many bikes on the stage. and the two singers have just climbed on board the bicycle chariot and are being paraded around the stage. Followed by a procession of uh, people with horned helmets and swords.
6: Mostly it's it's Wanser Cycling Campaign uh, who um, have come up with a remarkably daft idea to um, do the ring cycle, uh, emphasising the the health benefits of cycling. So, um, apart from some just commuter cyclists, uh, cyclists, nothing sort of uh, fancy or um, particularly technical. Uh, cycling around, trying to obviously have some fun, basically. And how long have you been at it? We just called the last uh, 10 Um, minutes. We, uh, it it, it was a sort of 20-minute production at most, or at best. So a very condensed version. Very condensed, um, uh, very brief. um, As I say, just a bit of fun cycling around uh, in a sort of moderately choreographed circle with some rather excellent singers from the English uh, National Opera School in Wandsworth. Um, They they hopefully brought the talent to the affair. And... um, um, a chance of a quick word I, with the stars know, of the show. You, you could, uh, you could ask.
15: Um, and what's the
0: idea about coming to Bike Fest?
15: I think probably to prove that you can sing live and ride a bike at the same time, Absolutely which we proved right. today.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so right. How did you prove that today? Because you were cycling. You were, you were on.
15: You we, we were on a stationary bike. You're
0: on an exercise bike. Absolutely. But well, we
15: were sort of exercising and singing, so it sort of doubly benefits for your body. I'd say.
0: And how does that? I mean, how does that? present a challenge as a, as, a, as a singer to be actually on a bicycle at the same time as trying to sing. Well,
16: breath is a very important part of singing, uh, and uh, obviously if you're cycling very hard, then you, uh, you get slightly out of breath, so it's a, it's a challenge to keep the two going together.
0: Yeah. And uh, are you pleased with the response of the audience? Ah, very!
15: Yes, <laughs> I think so. Quite a lot of people uh, crowded around, so I think they enjoyed the the Torridor Absolutely. song, and they sang company. along and, uh, and applauded the cyclists, the last, Which was excellent as well. Which is
0: great. Mm. And you're going to be coming on later, or is that the final show no, today? Back on at four o'clock. Oh, we'll come and uh, try and get the whole show at four o'clock. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> Thank you.
17: Thanks.
0: Thanks. It looks like Bike Doctor is the most popular of all the stands yeah. at Bike Fest. Uh, is that because loads of people have got broken bikes or? Or what, what is it that you're doing here?
15: Right, well, we actually started our uh, Transport for London and Evans Cycles campaign last weekend at Greenwich Park. And we had such an inundated response to all our flyer postering and obviously radio. I'm sure you did some advertising for us. So, what we've done is uh, recalled all those people to come back to Trafalgar Square today. And we've been jam packed ever since one o'clock. We finish at five today, but we're trying to see everybody that's in the lineup. Uh, whether it's just small brakes and, and levers, control just, just to make sure that's alright Um, just just regular bikes. So what kind
0: of service are you offering?
15: Um, Basically it's a quick once over uh, check that the vital things like brakes gears and all that works properly if um, people are bringing along some old fashioned bikes maybe they haven't used it for several years what we're doing is giving them an updated system what they can put on their original bike or maybe uh, if it's really worse for wear encouraging them to buy a brand new one. And what
0: do you think are the most common uh, complaints with these bikes people bringing in? Things that are badly adjusted or things that need fixing
15: mm, well it's um down to the to be honest um, the best people to speak to on that note would be the mechanics uh-huh. so
0: this is what i'd describe as a real old beta. what do you reckon yeah, absolutely
6: it works fine it's a nice solid brake. um it just maybe needs to be a brand new lighter. and what have it's you fixed up today actually not that much on it because it, most of the things are completely rusted solid um, but it would just tighten things up a bit, and just to make sure it's serviceable, and so it okay. will
0: go, and it will be more, more or less safe.
6: Yes, absolutely,
0: definitely safe. Have you brought a bike in today? Yes. Which is your bike? In the corner. In the corner, the Rock Hopper. Yes. And what's happening over there? You got? Have you got two people working on it?
4: Yes, two people for my bike.
0: All right. <laughs> and was it going before you brought it in? Or was it not going?
4: No, no, this is okay. The it was people, okay. Yeah, the people work, very hard to work.
0: So what seems to be the problem, Doctor?
16: <laughs> well, there's a few problems with Spike. Um, we've replaced the cables, and uh, we've also just given the gears a quick tune-up, and we've just uh, sorting out that wheel. We've just got a small buckle in it. Right, and what, what are the most common problems that people are bringing in today? Uh, I would say gears, mainly. Is that the index gears? Yeah, they the index gears... ...all out of alignment um, and all that. Yeah, exactly, out of alignment and, uh, and they need a bit of adjusting.
0: So is it time, are you going to be advocating a return to friction gears? Or uh, or, or do you think do you think indexing is actually quite good because it, it, uh, it brings in more money for bike <laughs> repair companies?
16: Well, I don't know, I mean, there is a new trend coming in where the gear is all installed inside the actual wheel itself and uh, that's becoming quite popular because oh, the roll-off. Yeah, the roll-off, that's it. And, uh, and that is proving to be popular. Um, so less uh, likely to get dirt and muck into them, and uh, that seems to be the main problem. So yeah, what I mean, how do you keep your gears working
0: well? What's the what's the tips?
16: Really, it's regular maintenance. You, you know, you need to make sure the cables haven't stretched, so you've got the right uh, cable length. You need to make sure that it's lubricated properly with oil and, and, and proper grease, and make sure that uh, the actual cables can go through uh, the outer sheath, because that's a problem that gets stuck with mud and water.
0: Now, is there anybody truing a wheel? Because that's what I'd like uh, to Uh
16: There was, but like he's see. just finished. The secret, handing me back the, the, the secret
0: me. art of, <laughs> of wheel truing needs to be revealed on the bike show.
16: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not as difficult as people think. You know, it's a case of just sort of um, doing a small amount at a time because if you go too mad, you can very easily send it out of true and, in a different direction.
0: And do you do it kind of tuning fork style, listening to the sound no, of your spokes? I no, mean,
16: you can do you know, if you've got uh, good hearing or whatever. But um, but no, it's more about, uh, you know, alignment with the brakes. Make sure that, you know, um, a little bit of time, you just, just move a small amount of the spokes and that just brings the... the the wheel back into true uh-huh, uh-huh. and um, you're
0: here obviously doing a really roaring uh, uh, service roaring trade, although you're not charging
16: for anything so it's a free service where where else are you going to be during bike week? Uh, we're going to uh, Urban Escapes at Lee Valley Park uh, when's we're going that? to, uh that's next weekend um, and we're also going to Clapham Common uh, in July and Lambeth I think is the other one that we're going to so uh Rather so Lambert County, a
0: County Country that's Fair in, or something like that Lambert yeah.
16: Country Fair yeah. yeah I think that's in July as well yeah. so um and of course last week we were at Greenwich Sorry,
0: well I've managed to track down Nick Harvey who's the national coordinator of Bike Week what how do you think um Bike Fest is going today
10: I think it's brilliant it's nice to see so many new faces here people who are obviously considering cycling for the first time obviously a good number of tourists as well probably wondering what's going on here in trafalgar square
0: and what's the idea of bike week itself
10: the main idea of bike week is to get more people cycling more often and it's been our mission to do that since bike week was started the first bike week was held in 1923 and it's grown like topsy since then particularly in the last four or five years
0: and what kind of events have you got going on in london
10: In London there are more than 250 events registered on our website. People can search for those using their local postcode and they range from rides that are run by clubs but on this week are open to non-members to commuter breakfast gatherings where free breakfasts are provided by their employers. Obviously this is our largest event here, Bikefest in the Square but we will see another 250 odd events now for the remainder of the week up until the 19th of June.
0: And any particular favourites that you're looking forward to?
10: Well, the Parliamentary Bike Ride, which is obviously an invitation-only event for MPs and Lords, takes place on Tuesday morning. They have a a light breakfast and then a symbolic bike-to-work ride to the Palace of Westminster. That's always good fun, and we're hoping that there'll be 70 or so MPs and peers there this year.
0: Anything else? Are you going to be getting out on on a tour or a, a city
10: ride? Well, Southwark cyclists, a group within the London cycling campaign, have a breakfast at the Globe Theatre on Wednesday morning. And I'm looking forward to that because that will involve cycling around parts of South London, which will be great.
0: And so how can people find out about what's going on in Bike Week
10: The best way is to, if you have internet access, look on our website, which is www.bikeweek.org.uk and search for events. You can either find all of the events in Greater London or you can search using your postcode and that will reveal to you details of events which are open to the public. Most of them are free and you can find out what's available for the remainder of the week.
0: And if you've not got internet, have you got... um publications in the libraries or anything like that?
10: No, we've got so many events now, over 2,000 uh, across the whole of UK, we can't ever print a list of those. So what we offer people is a telephone number to call, which is 01 243 527
0: from New Orleans and I wish they'd been at Bike Fest because they are absolutely fantastic kind of parade, street jazz, Mardi Gras band, but they are playing on Tuesday, tomorrow night, um, Tuesday night at the 100 Club on Oxford Street and the reason that I'm mentioning this is completely uh, flagrant is because I'm DJing for them before and uh, in between their sets. So down at the 100 Club on Oxford Street, 6th Ward, um, between, I guess doors open at 8 um, and it's £10 to get in and it's a fantastic night. And come and say hi if you heard about this on the bike show. I'd love to, uh, love to hear from you. Barry, what else have you got going on in bike week?
12: Ooh. Um, tonight, tonight Putney, uh, border, the border ride Tuesday, um, big Docklands ride uh Saturday. Sunday we're quieting down with a treasure hunt, um, which I was doing the clues for yesterday. And after the treasure hunt, we're riding to a big southeast London cyclist gathering um, in Greenwich Park. I mean, the, and
0: the great thing about, all, the, great the, thing about all your rides is that they all start at the Southwark Needle. Yeah, they do. So it's yeah. like just yeah. get the yeah. time and the and, and the day, and it's always going to start at the Southwark Needle. But where
12: the hell is the Southwark Needle? That's on the south end of London Bridge, That's um, the on end. the corner of Tooley Street. You can't. Miss. Everyone says where this they, they stand underneath the Southwark Needle and say, "Where is it?" And it's there. It's one of these landmarks that no one ever notices until you've seen it and then you think it's, well
0: it's the great big spiky thing it's the spike. south side of yeah, london bridge it's a spike well some of the other rides that are going on on saturday 18th of june is the historic buildings of hackney tour which is being organized by hackney cyclists and that's from one until seven um and then after going around seeing some historical buildings um you're invited to a free outdoor buffet laid on by hackney cyclists in one of the many beautiful open spaces of their lovely borough Um, on Tuesday the 14th of June the Islington cyclists are having their uh, breakfast which is on City Road at the junction with Goswell Road and Colbrook Row Um, and that's um, Andrew Cornwell Islington cyclists action group Um, the Bike Islington film screening is on Sunday the 19th of June from 11 till 5 on at Islington Green um, and also at Chapel Market, I think on the same day, is the Rinky Dink sound system, which is the bicycle-powered sound system we've featured on the show a couple of times. They're absolutely fantastic, um, either playing music or playing uh, records, all powered by by uh, two people cycling on a bicycle-powered generator. The Camden cyclists are having their um, cyclist breakfast on Wednesday, the 15th of June, outside the British Library uh, from 8 till 10 That's a bit of competition for your globe event, but, you know, there's enough to go around. (laughs) Um, And then one of my favourites is at 7 o'clock tonight, Monday the 13th of June, is that John Adams, Professor John Adams of University College London, is speaking on the management of road safety, risk compensation versus the obedient automaton theory of human behaviour drinks and snacks will be provided <laughs> that's at the Castlehaven Community Centre Hawley Road Camden London NW1 730 um but all of these you know events during bike week are great but the greatest of all bike rides is the Dunwich Dynamo oh definitely absolutely without a doubt yeah 23rd July and um and t- tell it, tell us a bit more about the dunwich boat. i mean barry Barry ought to blow his own trumpet because he's one of the people who's kind of brought it back from the brink i mean it's this fantastic night ride. I went on it first time last year, and we're going to play out with um with with um some of the some of the sounds uh, for, from that ride, but essentially it's a night ride. Um, to the coast. It's an unsupported night ride. Um, 120 miles. 120 miles, overnight
12: um, it leaves the pub on the park in Hackney, um, London Fields essentially, Martello Street, leaves that pub about 9 o'clock and I like the Jeremy Della bats from a cave, suddenly there's a momentum and everyone's gone. But about 300 all, people. So. About 300, biggest ever last year, in fact about 400 last year, um, seems to be getting bigger and bigger. There are coaches back, we, we pulled, we lifted 250 people back last year. Um, it's not organised but actually to organise all those coaches there is a bit of organization um it's a wonderful ride 120 miles um there's a l- wonderful we, we go to dunwich beach mm-hmm. and, and there's not much at dunwich beach except the, except the sea which you just leap into straight away and cleanse it just washes the whole 120 miles away there's a stop halfway we've got a village hall open about halfway out um and most people pack into that about three in the morning for really basic good vegetarian vegan food and everyone sort of relaxes and um rides off into the sunrise and that's
0: fantastic Well I'll put all the information about that on the bike show weblog which is www.bikeshow.blogspot.com and that's where you can listen to all the bike shows in real audio and mp3 format Um, and for the last 15 minutes these are some sounds from last year's Dunwich Dynamo and I started off my ride and my meeting at the pub on the park by asking um, my friend William also a bike show regular um, how he was feeling about the ride.
17: bit nervous actually um seems like an awfully long way but at least there's lots of people
0: doing it so um i I don't think we'll be the slowest (laughs) you got your swimming trunks sure have can't wait to get in that sea i think it's gonna be really warm as well tonight which is i'm gonna love well the pub on the park is emptying from about 300 cyclists down to about what is it about 100 now we ought to probably head on otherwise we're going to be lost very much being controlled by the traffic lights, I'm in the bus lane, there's a big stream of flashing red lights ahead of me which is where everybody else is, I fallen a bit behind with a technical mini disc issue. So definitely some urban sounds still going on, we're not yet of the jungle. Now there's an Esso station. I was going to pick up some more batteries and some flapjacks. Not sure what they got there. Some people did stop. Police speed check on the left. No danger with me. crossing over the North Circular which I guess marks a Rubicon of some kind Ahead of me is a fleet of recumbents I'll try and ask them how they're doing pulled in to Great Field, the small village where lovely people here are putting on some uh, refreshments to keep us going at the halfway point. It's about two in the morning and I'm going to ask a few people sitting inside how they're feeling. So how's the
17: ride been? Um, it's been okay. I mean, like for the first 15, 20, 30 miles, you're really just getting warmed up, really. Uh, and it's... you're just... Entering into the whole spirit of it, you know, and it's all new and it's all sort good of fun. And then come 40 miles, it starts to bite, and the reality of what you're doing starts to kick in, and the whole group's kind of become very sort of elongated. And you just find these little sort of pockets of people riding over the hills and the red lights in front of and all the rest of it. Did you find
0: yourself um, on your own much, or, or were you always with other people?
17: No, invariably
0: with, with other people. Um,
17: and then I think one of the strangest kind of uh, things. I can't say that I'm a great orator, you know. No, no, How's the ride been? Um, It's been okay. I mean, like for the first 15, 20, 30 miles, you're really just getting warmed up really. Uh, And it's, you're just entering into the whole spirit of it, you know, and it's all new and it's all good fun and then come 40 miles it starts to bite and the reality of what you're doing starts to kick in and the whole group's kind of become very sort of elongated and you just find these little sort of pockets of people riding over the hills and the red lights and all the rest
0: of it. Did you find yourself um, on your own much or or were you always with other people?
17: No, invariably with with other people. Um, And then I think... One of the strangest kind of uh, things that I've found is that you pass the same person three or four times, and you wonder how that's come about. You know what I mean? You pass somebody, how did they get half an hour back, later? Back you pass them again, and you think, "Well, I don't recall passing them." You know what I mean? But um, no, yes, I mean it just varies. Uh, yeah, I mean it's
0: um, good to have a stop for. a... To eat here. Yeah, it Fantastic. is. Very much so, yeah. Um, nice of them to put it I'm just
17: on hoping well. I can get up at the moment, you know. I'm just yeah. sort of slowly ploughing my way through this plate of beans and salad and stuff, and uh, we'll I, take feel that, I feel that I could sit here for quite some time and just watch people casually coming in and I could be the last to leave. Yeah, but it's good, you know, and um, I think psychologically, sort of halfway, and you're looking now to the second half. Hopefully it's going to be a bit easier. The reality is it'll probably be twice as painful and when you get to the beach you just sort of literally flop down and fall over, you know. I
0: that's...
18: So is
17: this
0: your first time doing the ride?
18: No, this is my third year but I don't think I'm going to do it again after this year because I always say I'm going to do some serious training and I never get round to it so I always find it much harder than I really should.
0: And so, high points and low points of the 60 miles so far?
18: Um, high point is uh, I'm actually on a road bike this year, whereas my last two years I've been on my tourer, and so I am flying along a lot faster and it's a lot easier and I'm carrying less stuff, so it's, I actually am finding it a lot easier than I thought, so that's not so bad. High point is the uh, the weather's good and I've not actually had to need anything. Um, Seeing all your friends, really. Yeah. Chatting as you go.
0: And was there any point where you just felt really bad?
18: There was was a very short time when I was on an open stretch of road and I'd lost all my friends. And, um, And I couldn't see any LEDs in front of me and I couldn't see anything behind me either. So I really thought I'd missed a turning. So I started to panic.
0: And then you saw one of the candles. But then
18: someone came up alongside me, and we panicked together. Right. And we were we were fine, mean really it wasn't bad. And how
0: about the candles?
18: Candles? In the jam
0: jars. You've not been seeing those? A
18: couple of them. But... I've
0: seen about 10.
18: I, uh, I, was, I haven't noticed that many. I was
0: on my own for quite a lot of the way. Oh, okay. I um, haven't been on my own uh, that and, much. Uh, and, and they just appear out of nowhere in the dark.
18: It does help to have them and just get your I wonder note.
0: who puts them there. I think it's this candle fairy that comes out. It's beautiful. I'm,
18: I'm surprised there aren't more entrepreneurial people out there sort of selling food en route. They could make a fortune, really. Bananas on route. They all get so mushy. In your back pocket or in your pannier or whatever. But
0: well, this is great, isn't it? In it's here. It's your
18: first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's really nice of the oh, folks here put their, put on, to put on works. their.
18: To
0: put on their. Normally, I, I, normally I
18: get here later, and um, so by the time I leave, it's about from here, it's about you know, four o'clock, and it's usually getting light by then. we are a lot earlier this year and also the drive is later on in the month so it won't be getting light now for another hour and a half so and it usually when you come out it just feels very different when you've had a minute come out it's starting to get light and it just you're just it's a different ride so you feel more inspired you go out now and it'll be dark and it'll be a bit bit demotivating for sure so
0: what's the strategy to get through that tough hour and a half?
18: We're more than halfway. This this stop is more than halfway, just slightly. It's enough of a difference to make a difference. So it's that it's that sort of just dealing with it in bite-sized chunks, really. Yeah.
0: Well, here we are. It's Dunwich Beach. We've made it. There's people lying around waiting for the cafe to open. There's a queue formed. People with bacon, eggs, and chips on their minds. I'm going to get in, get in the queue, get my order in, and uh, see how people are doing. So how was your ride? (laughs) Very good. And how's your breakfast going to be? Even better. What are you visualising now? Uh, Bacon, lots of it. It's been keeping me going the whole, well, since we stopped in the middle of the night for pea curry. Any dark moments along the way? Most of it was, dark. particularly uh, dark, dark moments of the soul
16: um, it was it was toughest the first half, actually, I thought um, and after after we did get some food and things and and it did start to get light, I thought the, the second half was easier, probably it was slower as well, but um, yes yeah, it 's not nice the uh, the bit where it's totally pitch black and you've not stopped and you wonder where where you're going to go and when it's going to end, but all worthwhile, in yeah. end pot, oh,
8: do double
16: pot. Double pot, Yeah. Two do, full breakfasts. Yeah, two same. Yeah. right. we'll share
5: that through
0: yeah. again.
9: Then.
5: It's
0: rejecting me. It doesn't want to give me a full breakfast. Oh
5: no. Yeah, that's it,
9: £10. And the beans
0: Beans
3: for
14: beans, please. And your name is? William.
0: <laughs> so it's a pretty grey morning here.
14: It is a bit grey.
0: Uh... But you've been in the water?
14: Yes, I went in and I swam and...
0: And did you leave your bike just like sort of falling onto the onto the, onto the dunes, and they just and then ran in? Or was well, it a bit I more? I must
14: admit, I, I did put on my swimmers because I wanted to be able to change into something warm afterwards. But it was it was definitely I came down, had one look, and then decided that it was definitely something I had to do. It looks lovely. Like
0: you're in the definite minority of, of dynamo riders. I suspect might be who have not braved, who's gone for the full English yeah. breakfast, who have not gone for the full English swim.
14: I think that they're under the misapprehension that it's cold, and it's just not.
0: It looks incredibly cold.
14: and it, yeah, I swear. It's beautiful. And I'm from Australia. I mean, I swim in Australian seas. But this is actually quite warm.
0: So how many seconds, approximately, did you swim for?
14: I did laps. Seriously. <laughs> I did a breaststroke that way and a breaststroke that way and a breaststroke back again and then...
0: And how was the rest of your ride?
14: It was really nice, yeah. I mean, just at the, when we stopped for food, I was really crashing. But after that, it's just it's got better and better.
0: The rice and beans picked you up a bit.
14: Yeah, I think the rice and beans probably did. <laughs> All the hours sitting down, I'm not sure which. But,
0: and yeah. any particular highlights?
14: I think the last 20 miles was lovely. It was just really... Really pretty, yeah. I was just cycling on my own and really enjoying wandering along. Yeah.
0: Will you do it again next year?
14: Oh, probably. I think so.
0: <laughs> well, that was uh, recollections from last year's Dunwich Dynamo. This year's Dunwich Dynamo is on the twenty-third of July. Uh, You've been listening to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM, a special one hour and a half edition uh, with me, Jack Thurston, and joining me in the studio, Barry Mason from Southwark Cyclists. Thanks for coming in, Barry. That's a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And see you around this week um, on many of your rides and and, uh, throughout the summer, I hope. Well, next up is a repeat of The Truth About Markets from 11th of June. And um, until the next time on The Bike Show, it's me, Jack Thurston, saying uh, goodbye and chapeau.